You know when you're working a night shift and it's 3 a.m. and it's like, are we drunk or delirious? I'm Emily. And I'm Hannah. And you're listening to Drunk or Delirious, a night shift podcast. Welcome to part two of our travel nursing frequently asked questions. Um, we're pretty much going to just pick up where we left off, but um, Hannah was just wanting to tell me about something amazing for travel nurses. Yes. Um, okay. So there's this app. Everyone go download it right now. If you're a travel nurse or interested in it, it's so nice. Um, it's called MedVenture. Um, so it's an app. It's basically for traveling healthcare professionals, and it's so cool. I I like had thought about making one, but I don't know how to make an app. So I'm glad someone like took the reins and actually did this. Um, it was recently launched, so it's not huge yet. But I think you know the more people talk about it, um, the bigger it'll get and the more effective it'll be. So basically, it's it kind of reminds me of like a dating app where you have a profile, um, you put your pictures like um, how old you are, what kind of traveling healthcare professional you are, um, where you're from, where you've been, like what hospitals you've been to, things like that. And you can – it's kind of like Bumble BFF. Like you can like match with other friends and stuff who are in your area. So if you're like, I'm new to San Diego and I want to meet friends, like you can like find other people with the same interests as you and then, you know, you can put in your profile like – I'd love to meet up for a beer or I really like to go hiking or like whatever your interests are. Um, so that's really cool. And then they have like an event section and you can like add your own and be like, I'm having a I'm going on a hike on Tuesday. Um, I don't know, whatever, wherever you are. And if anyone wants to join, I'm starting at this time and then people can join your event and you can meet people that way. Um, and you can also rate and review your hospitals that you've been to. Oh, that's so awesome. it's so nice. So you can be like, I just finished a contract at Children's Hospital or whatever. Um, I give it five stars. This is what I really liked about the unit. And then that way someone else can look at your review and be like, because a lot of people are like, I don't know if this hospital is any good or whatever. That way you can just right. like have that information right there. But I also just saw this. It's They did just add a dating, medventure date. Oh so my gosh. They added like a dating feature to it. So you like, I've been saying this forever. Like the dream is to find someone you can travel with. Like that totally. is so much fun, whether it's a friend or a partner or whatever, but that's so cool. Like if you are specifically looking for another traveling healthcare professional that does the same thing you do, and then you can go on your adventures together. That's amazing. That's so, so cool. cool. Yeah. It's so cool. Everyone oh go gosh. download it. Check it out. Um, not sponsored, but we will be soon. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> That's really cool. I mean, that would there are so many new resources available now for travelers. Like it's just becoming so easy. Yeah. Um, which is really cool. Um, it's really exciting. Love that. Yeah. We do yeah, too. We have, I I follow and I mean I don't know the the founders, but like I follow some of them and maybe we could have them on the podcast yeah, at some point too. That would be awesome. Yeah. That would be really, really cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna write that in our note. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Yeah, add it in. Um yeah. So we stopped the last episode um about to start talking about packing. Um some tips <laughs> and tricks for for packing up your car or some people don't even take a car. Um I knew one girl at um she literally just has a suitcase. And she flies around to each assignment. So did she rent a car? No. Okay. Not that I know of. Um, at least I met her in Boston. She didn't have a car there. You don't need one. So yeah, she just kind of does her thing. Wow. And she I... doesn't really like have assignments set up. She just is like really like go with the flow. Living <laughs> out of her space. I guess yep. all you need is scrubs and PJs and then like a couple pairs of jeans and stuff. Yeah, you don't need much. You really don't. Like 
just going on an extended trip. So, and you could do laundry and just bring your toiletries and some clothes and then you're good. Yeah. Um, I think something that's really cool about travel nursing is you can kind of make it however you want it to be. Um, Mm -hmm. The way that I feel like I did it was all in. Like I didn't have a home base really. Like I had my my parents' house where I, I kept some stuff, obviously, like I kept boxes and things, but I didn't really go home a lot. Um, mm-hmm. Like I really was living completely like out of my car and like the things that I had on me. Um, now I'm doing it differently, of course. Like I'm traveling back and forth between my home, which I consider Pittsburgh and the travel assignment, which is Philly. Um so I'm packing super light. I'm just bringing a suitcase and like some food back and forth and that's it. Um, but it's kind of nice if you do have a home base because you can pack light for the season that you're going to. Like if you're going to San Diego in the summer, you know, you want summer clothes and your scrubs and your swimsuits and stuff. Um, and then you can go home in between and then, you know, exchange mm-hmm. and like whatever you need. Um, the problem that I came across was like, I did it for so long and back to back to back to back that I just accumulated stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I had like my bike on the top of the car. I had a TV. I had like – I had skis. I had boots. I had all – every season of clothes. I had all my jackets, all my shoes, like all my toiletries. Plus I brought like a few decorations, like frames, you know, pictures and things like that to make mm-hmm. it more homey. And then eventually like Eric and I brought a Wii because it was COVID and we were locked down. So we had like – video games and like it just became a lot yeah which there are a couple options for that like you said you didn't go home a lot so if you're not going home then maybe you could like ship some stuff home to like lighten your load um Mm -hmm. but we typically like packed seasonally like we you know we would drive back through Colorado, like drop some stuff off and like continue on is pretty much what we did. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't go home like super frequently, but like usually between contracts and yeah. And just to kind of like change stuff out, which is really helpful, but I still brought mm-hmm. way too much. I brought like decorations and picture frames and, um, far too much clothing that I like never wore like I brought my whole fucking closet like that's not necessary um and you're gonna buy stuff because you're gonna be making a lot more money so you're just gonna buy things oh yeah I would be like (laughs) on the streets not on the streets but like in San Diego and I'd come go to a cute boutique and I like that's the time to do that stuff exactly I'm not gonna be like no I don't want more clothes it's like no like I yeah I was buying all kinds of stuff and yeah you know, you're still um, living your life. So pack light initially so you are able to do that. Totally. What was your a strategy for packing your car? Mm. I had a picture template of me leaving for my first assignment. Um, I have this little picture of me with a sign that my mom made said, it said, California, here I come. And she so drew cute. a picture of California on it. So there's a picture of me next to my packed trunk. And my dad packed my car. He's an expert packer. He's like Tetris, like awesome. engineer mind, you know? Yeah. So I kind of would look at that every single time and kind of try to model off of that. Um, but yeah, I I don't have like the best advice for how to pack your car besides don't just throw it all in there. Obviously take the time to kind of like – organize it yeah like big boxes on the bottom like things that can fit in different nooks Mm -hmm. um did you use anything specific to pack like like any space bags or bins or just bags I think I did have a couple space bags for like my heavy coats and then Mm -hmm. I sucked the air out of those and then put them in my suitcase so that kind of condensed stuff space bags are your friends um having like well I had my bike on the roof but if you have like a roof rack Super having helpful. a toolie or something like that. I wish I great. had that. That would have been amazing. Yeah. Yeah. We did a lot of, um, yeah, space bags. Like I, I tried to organize as best as possible, like having all the kitchen stuff in one area, having this in one area, you know, just like, so when you're unpacking, it's not a nightmare mm-hmm. because you have to do that so frequently. Um, but we, 
I, we did bins, like we had some big bins and I know those are, those are pretty bulky, but I feel like it's also sturdy Mm -hmm. for putting those on the bottom and then being able to stack stuff on top of those bins, tote bags, space bags, suitcases. Um, and really honestly filling it to the brim is essentially what I did. Like any nooks and crannies, like I was like, okay, cool. A pillow can slide in there. Like a blanket could go, like, you know, just like stuffing all the things. Literally. In it. it was not necessary. The amount of stuff that I brought, like no. if I could do it again, I mean, and I probably will fully at some point. Um, yeah. Ashley, don't freak out. That's my supervisor. She'll kill me if I leave. <laughs> not anytime soon. <laughs> Um, but I will do it differently. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, I think minimalism is the way to go. It's Isn't pretty, it, and cool it's like an me. important practice for your whole life. Um, yeah, we try to be like I. Tr- I'm trying to be like that. I need to get rid of a lot of things and um, like have a garage sale and just because there's a we have a full garage of stuff that like we barely touch. Like yeah. if I don't see it, I forget about it and I don't use it. Yeah, and that's what happens when you're in a place for longer than three months, I feel like. Um, it was kind of nice. I mean, I did some assignments that were six months long, um, some that were three, but every three to six months, it's it was kind of it sucks to pack up all of your stuff, of course. But on the positive end of it, it's like you're going through everything and you're seeing like, I never wore this or I never used this. So I would donate at least a garbage bag or two of my clothes mm-hmm. or shoes or whatever um, every three to six months. So yeah. I mean, yeah, I was accumulating things too, but it was it was really nice to kind of get into that habit. Um, whereas like when you're in one place, you're, you're not doing that as much. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, we would every time we would pack – okay, don't need this anymore. Don't need that. And then even when we would go home and like look through all of our stuff, we'd be like, okay, we can get rid of like all of this, you know? Um, so, um, yeah, it is a really nice practice and I really want to do that now. (laughs) I'm like, I'm like, I should like go through all my stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think our biggest tip is just start by packing light and pack only for the season that you're going to be there. You can always buy, you know, if you, if you extend and you don't decide to go home and it could become summer, you can buy a bathing suit. Like, you know what I mean? Like you don't need to bring it with you. Um, just in anticipation of you'll maybe use it once. So, um, yeah, I I agree. And that black sheet covering your stuff when you're on the road. I did not do that. It's really nice. That's a really smart thing to do. Um, (laughs) I did not do that. My car never got broken into, knock on wood. Yeah, good. Um. Yeah, that's scary. It is. Yeah, because you're just like par- parked at some hotel in freaking Winnemucca, Nevada. Yeah. And you're like, uh, my TV's in there, my bike. Well, I usually brought my bike inside, but you know, all your, your whole life. And like, yeah. not to mention like your important documents. So, like, your social security card and your passport and everything like that. It's just like, sure I left you know, all that. Okay. I had it. Yeah, I had everything. So I was like, I'd be so screwed. But yeah, that's yeah, you definitely want to be really careful. Yeah. Um, and like try to stay. I mean, I know you want to probably travel treat cheaply across, but maybe try and just stay in like a little bit of a safer area. Um well lit parking lots, yeah. you know, everything um, like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Next. A couple other questions are how far in advance do I start looking for an assignment? Yeah. I get asked that a lot. Um, I think people, well, me included, I'd love to be able to plan out my life more in advance. I Uh hate how last minute travel nursing can be sometimes, but that's the truth of it. If you're looking at it's today is January 16th. So if you're looking today on Vivian or any uh, agency's website right now, they want people for ASAP or like February 1st. Mm -hmm. They want you or maybe like mid-February. Um, so it's usually like – I say my rule of thumb is like a month. Yeah, yeah, a month before your intended start date. But when you're looking a month ahead, you should have that state license in hand already. Mm-hmm. You That's should have an time. idea. You, you should have an idea of where you want to go and like – excuse me. Um, 
I feel like we started kind of like looking almost immediately after we started our our assignment, not like mm-hmm. fully looking, but just being like, okay, where do we want to go next? Like, what are the things that we will need for that? Um, is there any, are there any postings, you know, for a couple months out? Right. And sometimes there are, and I think it's very different right now because they want people as quickly as possible. Yeah. There's not a lot of contracts that you see like, mm, maybe like a February 20th start date. Like, no, they want you literally tomorrow. So, yeah. <laughs> so that's, I think the different world now than, um, how many years ago did I start? 25 years ago. That's a little bit appalling. Um, five years ago. <laughs> I thought you said 25. I was like, how old are you? <laughs> too old um so yeah uh right now I would just you know start looking like a month out which that this is what kind of poses the complications of finding a new place to live because you might find out last minute you know that you were going somewhere else than you thought or you finally got the assignment like the day that your other assignment ends like and you have to just kind of go with the flow and I'm a huge planner. So that stresses me out mm-hmm. a lot, but you will find a place. Yeah. But it just, you know, if you are a planner and you want to be able to be like, okay, well, this is where I have a place to go for my next assignment before, you know, your other contract ends, like it might not work out that way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can look, you can look, um, more than a month ahead of time. Like Emily said, mm-hmm. um, like, my, for example, like I was in San Diego for six months, but I knew that my friend and I were both trying to get to Seattle next. So I just – I saw – I went and confirmed that there were Seattle jobs, that it's not just like – there wasn't just one. There were a few. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would even be a a potential for me. Worked on getting my Washington license, which we can talk about state licenses and maybe next, but they take – they all take different amount of amounts of time to process. Mm-hmm. So, you know, made sure I got the license. And then about a month ahead is when I was submitted to the job and mm-hmm. um, negotiated like the start date. Sometimes um, you can, if they ask you to start like February 1st, you can ask for like the next week. Yeah. They're, you can, they're you flexible. Can, that's what I was going to say. Like maybe not right now as much, but like typically you can be like, okay, I'm not done with this contract till this date. Like I could be there then. And they might, oh, most of the time they're willing to work with you on that. Yeah. Um, they're, yeah. I highly recommend to taking one to two weeks off in between contracts, even mm-hmm. if you're extending at a place. Um, like if you love your assignment and you want to extend, I, I would always ask for a week or two off. That's your yep. that's your vacation time. If they want you and they they still need you, they'll they'll grant that. I mean, I don't think that's too much to ask for at all. Um, and that's why you're a travel nurse, so you have more time off. Like, take advantage yeah. of that. Yeah, drive to your next destination in the beginning of that two week stretch. Get your car situated and then go take a trip somewhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, yep. and also two weeks is perfect because your health. If you are with the same travel agency, your health insurance will um roll over to the next assignment with if it's a two weeks in between. Yeah. If you take three weeks then your coverage is cut. So. I think mine was twenty one days. Okay. Or twenty or okay. even twenty eight. Something like that. Oh um, that's so really it just nice. depends on the your agency. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So just just note that when you're, you know, requesting those weeks off, look at the Something fine print ask. for your coverage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we can talk about getting nursing licenses, which is truthfully a pain in the ass. But a lot of travel agencies, they are there to help you through that process. And they give you all of the tools and things that you need. You don't have to, you aren't doing it on your own. Um, So obviously if you're a nurse, you know that there are compact states. So if you have a compact license, you don't need to get another license to go work in the the state that's in the compact program. But uh, I went to almost all states that were not compact. So (laughs) I had to get a new license for every single state. Um, Luckily, I had a California license already because that's where I went to nursing school. But getting a California license is a pain in the ass. That one takes a really long time. So if you know you want to go to California, 
um, get that like probably as soon as you start like one of your first travel assignments. Like once you're with a company, just start that process mm-hmm. because it's, yeah, it takes months, months, months. So. Yeah, give yourself time. Um, I had a Washington license as well. That takes a little bit. And each state also requires different things. Like some you have to go get fingerprints for, or like some need like a weird test you have to take. Mm-hmm. Um, I know, I think Texas has a test you have to take before you Ugh. can get the license. Yeah. New York requires you to have um, like child abuse, a specific New York approved child abuse training and infection control training. Um and you have to pay for all of those things. Like it's 30 bucks for each training. You have to pay for – and it, an important thing to note too is some people get confused when you – I always Google – they say I want New York. So you you type, you Google New York um, state nursing license or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have to do a little searching around on their website and then you'll eventually see like – by exam, which is not what you want. You want it by endorsement because um, mm-hmm. exam yes. is only the first time like when you take your NCLEX. And then after that, it is always by endorsement. Um, so you pay that application fee. Um, and then it has instructions. It usually is pretty laid out what you need to do, but it's up to you to kind of be like really reading all of it and on it because mm-hmm. they the applications do expire in a certain amount of time if you don't get them done. So I would just say like write down everything that you need to do and just every day that you have off, just check something off the list Mm because it's a lot. And I feel like my travel agency though was super helpful. They knew all of the requirements for licensure in each state. So um, my recruiter would be on top of it and then she had her assistant or whatever – emailing me with all the things that I needed to get done. Um, some, some of the States also require like, or in some jobs, if you're, you need to get your like N95 fit test. Like they sent me N95s to go take my fit test somewhere, Mm -hmm. you know, like they're on top of, on top of their shit. Um, another pain with having so many different nursing licenses. So is having to renew them all. So if you, I would say only get the licenses that you like absolutely know you're going to go to that state because you have to keep them up every year if you're going to continue travel nursing. Like you have to pay the renewal fees. And I I know travel agencies will most likely reimburse you for that if you're going to do another, like if you're doing another contract, they'll reimburse you for those fees. But otherwise, right. like they don't. Yeah. And it's not, it's not cheap um it's 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 state to state but like yeah pennsylvania i had to pay oh my god i had to pay twice recently because i thought there's no way i'm ever going to work in pennsylvania again so i let my pennsylvania license lapse Mm -hmm. which ended up being a mistake um because here i am (laughs) um so i had to like it wasn't just a regular pay and renew like i had to do extra training and kind Mm -hmm. of go through the process again. And I did that in like July pay and it expired in October. So then I had to pay again in October and it was like, I think it was 150 each time. So I just paid $300 to the state of Pennsylvania just to be a nurse here. Like you should be paying me. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Well, yeah, I, I think I've let all of my licenses lapse except for Colorado, obviously. Um, I know like we'll eventually move back to the East coast, but I don't know where that's going to be. And I didn't want right. to just like keep paying every year for, or like Connecticut's yearly. Oh, okay. yearly. Some States are every two years, but Connecticut is yearly. I didn't want to just keep paying that, not right. knowing if I'm going to be going back there. And you, like Hannah said, you, you can just, Sometimes you can just pay a late fee um, or you just have to go through a couple other steps to get it reinstated, but it's expensive. And it takes longer if you do it that way. Yeah. Like I had to wait a a month or so to get Pennsylvania accepted again. So that's so annoying. (laughs) I know we're talking, guys, please do travel nursing. It's worth it. But it's, and we wouldn't be being honest if we didn't show both sides. I mean, totally. There's a lot of, um, 
things to be aware of before you sign up for it because I think a lot of people – I mean, like Instagram right now is blowing up with like all of the good parts about travel mm-hmm. using and the money and the freedom and that is 100% true. But you before you sign up for something, you should know all of the details mm-hmm. um, because it's it's stressful in a lot of ways and there's a lot of things that you need to know about. Totally. Yeah. Just we want you to know all of the facts before you get yourself into it. Cause there, yeah, there are some things that people are like, I just, I didn't know this was going to be like this. I don't want to deal with this, but Mm -hmm. just prepare yourself. It's awesome. It's the best experience of my life. It just, it takes a little extra work and a little extra planning. That's really what it boils down to. And if you have a, an agency that is on top of things and supports you, it's so much easier. I agree. And a recruiter that communicates with you. Like it's, those are really important things as well. Um, And it's okay to change recruiters. We've talked about this, but if you start working with someone that you're like, I, that was awful. Mm -hmm. You don't have, you have no, um, not like loyalty. You, you don't owe them anything. You could change recruiters. It's all about, it's whatever's best for you. Um, Agreed. Yes. Yeah. Should we talk about um, scheduling questions and requesting days off in a contract? Yes. Okay. That's huge. Yeah. I think um, I got a question recently from a friend and she asked me, do you think I could still apply for this position? I'm in school and I think she had classes on like Wednesdays and Thursdays. She was like, do you think I could make that work? And I was like, yeah. I mean, you don't know unless you ask. They might say no to you, but it's not like you're asking for every weekend off or anything like that. Right. Um, another example is like in my situation now going between Pittsburgh and Philly, I wanted like long weekends off to be able to come back to Pittsburgh to see Eric. Um, so I'm not doing six shifts in a row in Philly or anything like that, but they did cluster my days closer together. I might be doing three days in a row, one day off, three days in a row or something like that. Um, and they were super nice about accommodating that for me. Um, so you don't know unless you ask. I think the way to go about it is first like talking to your recruiter about that being a need for you. Um, and then when you interview with the manager of the unit, mentioning it and asking if they'd be willing to work with you in that way. Um, and if they verbalize that, then I would tell your recruiter, hey, when I interviewed, they said, that I'd be able to block my days and then just have them like write a note of that in your contract mm-hmm. and then you're good. Yeah. You want everything in your contract that you've spoken about and agreed upon so that you can refer back to it if they don't um, give you what you honor have that. requested or honor that. Yeah. So, and you can request certain weekends off or certain dates off if you know you already have a trip planned. Um, you just, again, have to talk to the manager about that in your interview. And, um, yeah, I mean, so, so, like, your friend can't work Tuesdays and Thursdays. Okay. Like, but throw them a compromise. Like, say, like, I'm willing to work every Friday, you know, or something like that. Right. Um, which is mildly annoying. but you know, maybe they'll just be like, no, it's fine. You don't have to do that. But kind of thing, like just give them something for asking for those days off. Mm -hmm. Um, You don't really have to do that too. It just really depends on the hospital. Right. And how intense they are. And Um, the manager. Yeah. And, and how desperate they are, which nowadays they're very desperate. mm -hmm. (laughs) I will say that the, the one I applied to told me that I needed to have limited uh, dates requested off when I'm like, oh, well, that's so dumb. I think it's just different. Um, it's you know, it's different every time. You just gotta ask, ask. Um, one thing. So real quick, because I don't think we actually went over this. It's just like the process of getting a contract. Yeah. So you find a an agency, find a recruiter, um, find the job. They you get your profile all set up, and then they submit that application to the hospital and whoever's on their end is going to review it. If they like you as a candidate, they're going to request an interview and you will most typically be talking to one of the managers on the unit. And 
it's not like any other like normal interview you've ever done. It's very chill. They ask you what your experience is. They ask you, um, like, do you have any dates requested off or like, what's your preferred shift? They just try to like, kind of get to know you. Mm -hmm. And then they give you the opportunity to ask questions back, which is really important as well. Um, Mm -hmm. Cause they want to know that you are interested in the unit. A lot of questions I ask, you know, what's the ratio? What is the schedule? What's the weekend requirement? Mm -hmm. You know, why do you need a traveler in the first place? It's probably Mm -hmm. a really good one to ask, like getting a gauge on if it's just people are out for maternity leave or that no one wants to stay. Right, right. (laughs) Um, Those are good questions. Like kind of like, what's the culture of the unit? Um, Days or nights? Yeah. um, Mm-hmm. self-scheduling or yeah that's you know, huge how does how are you are you scheduling me or can I do I have some say mm-hmm. unit size and acuity and Emily said ratios oh yeah. like what will my responsibilities be um like especially for us in NICU not especially for us but um in NICU like sometimes they expect you to have delivery experience um mm-hmm. sometimes they don't and personally, I don't have a ton of that. So that's something that I like could be a deal breaker for me for some hospitals. Just depends. Right. Because um, sometimes you will be scheduled as the delivery nurse or like it's the different roles that nurses have. You just to like get called to a delivery and you have to drop everything and go. So right. just knowing, yeah, what the expectations are. Oh, and a big one is floating. Oh, yeah. You floating is definitely huge. be aware of that. That's one thing too. As a traveler, you typically are the first one to float to other units. Yes. And usually when I ask, I always ask that in my interview and usually as NICU, we can float to PICU, PEDS, and usually there's an age limit like, oh, you can float to PICU, but you can take anyone less than one year old or two year old or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Um, Or you can float to postpartum and just do the babies or whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. but there was one situation. I mean, this was desperate times. This was like last winter with COVID. I was at a hospital in Phoenix and I walk in and they tell me that I'm floated to co to like adult COVID. And I was like, how does that even make any sense? I'm a NICU nurse. (laughs) No adult Um, experience. Yeah. I called my recruiter and I was like, is this allowed even? I, when I talked to the manager, she said I would only be floating to peds or postpartum. Like, what is going on? And and he was like, I mean, technically, you are first to float and they can pull you. He said, just write notes of everything and don't do anything that you're uncomfortable with, with doing and, and document, document, document. Um, so I did float a couple of times, but I know a lot of NICU nurses had to do that during COVID. And um, I was just helping hands. I didn't, I didn't really pass medications that I didn't know about. And I didn't mm-hmm. do anything that harmed my license because at the end of the day, it is your ass on the line. So yeah, that's a huge thing too, is, is floating. Um, and one tip though, too, is if you go to a hospital, that's not a children's hospital, I mean, Hannah just said she had to float to an adult unit, but that's not typical. I worked at a hospital in Boston that was just had a NICU within their adult hospital. I didn't have to float anywhere because there's nowhere for me to float. That's within right. my scope. So that's a tip. If you work at a children's hospital, guarantee you're going to be floating. Yeah. So Except for the one I'm at is um, – I've never heard this before. This is like rare, but – um, they float their staff before they float travelers and they make sure that we're on like one side. They have a lot of different sides of the unit because it's so big, but mm-hmm. I'll be assigned to like one side of the unit and they'll try to make sure that I'm really comfortable there and they won't, I won't have to go to pick you or CV or anything like that. That's awesome. Which, but yeah, I was like, really? Because I, I can't, that's like protecting the travelers and I mean, that's really nice. That is really nice. Yeah. we. I was at one hospital too where they had a level two and a level four NICU and we would only float between the two. Like oh, they, yeah, like we float to our area of knowledge. Like you don't. Right. And I guess like when you're, you pick it up pretty quickly. Like if you have to float to the PICU, like, and they give you kids that are like three-year-olds and less, like it's, they try and give you appropriate assignments. 
Yeah. But and you you'll pick it up if you have to go there a lot. It's scary, yeah. but you just you just have to do it. It's one of the like go with the flow kind of thing. It's only That's actually hours. where we met. Remember? In the pick you. Oh my god, that is right. Yeah, oh. because I remember I came down, I was like so scared, and then someone was showing me around and I was like, Oh my god, who are like what is going on? I think that night I had a, a baby. It was yeah. intubated and then I had a three year old on bypass on BiPAP and then someone was like, Oh, they pointed at you and they were like, Ask Emily if you need any help. She's from the NICU too. And I was like, Hi, and then I talked to you and and you were like, I'm a traveler and I was like, Oh, me too. And then yeah. we bonded. Oh, that's so right. I do remember that night. I feel like we were like in a corner mm-hmm. of the unit. That was so fun. Um, I know. That's so crazy. How it. how far we've come. It's so I cute. know. So great. Um, yeah. So after the interview, then they usually get back to you. Either they tell you right away that they're going to hire you on or they tell you in a couple of days and you get the contract and you have you go over that with your recruiter and everything and you sign it. Um, and then you have a start date and you have to arrive <laughs> on that day. They usually give you some instruction on where to go. Sometimes they don't. Um, you just kind of show up and then you do like an orientation for some units. Some places I was just on the unit immediately. So yeah. um, you get one or two night or probably usually like two shifts of orientation to that unit and mm-hmm. then you're on your own. So it's very different from starting a new staff job, but absolutely, it is well worth it. And you just, I mean, it's, your job is going to be, the care for the patient is the same everywhere you go. You know, you're not changing the way you care for them. You're just changing the supplies that you use, the way you're charting it, you know, maybe like the policies. Yeah, that's the only thing that's different. Um, ask questions. Never be afraid to ask questions about like, what's your policy on this? Go look it up because again, it's your license on the line. You want to make sure that you're complying with their policies and doing everything safely, you know. It takes a little bit to get used to a unit where all the supplies are, but mm-hmm. um, it gets way easier and you'll be fine. Yeah. And um, just to backtrack a little bit too, in that time period in between signing a contract and your start date is usually a couple of weeks. And in that time frame is when you w- will get in contact with um, – what do you call it? Like the person that helps you get like all of your drug screen done. What do you call that person? Mm. I don't know. Credentialing analyst. Oh, yes. Thank you. Yes. They will be in contact with you. They're someone that's also from your agency. And they kind of – I didn't really understand how this worked either at first because I was like texting my recruiter for everything, which is fine. But they a lot of the time will refer you back to their credentialing analyst. And they're the people – they send you an email. Usually they're very organized. And they send out, you'll need your drug screen completed Um, if you – like you are supposed to get an annual physical, so they'll want documentation mm-hmm. of that. Um, all of your vaccines. Um, and now most of the time they're requiring COVID. Um, so vaccination cards. You yep. should probably get that. Um, uh, and then like <laughs> titers, like your TB titers. Yep. Like sometimes a lot, I feel like every time I start with a new agency, I'll get my TB titers done, but they don't send me the results of that. They send it to the agency itself. So I end up getting my blood drawn all the time, which doesn't bother me. Um, if you would rather just get it done like once a year, just ask for those from your credentialing analyst. I would just ask right away. That way you have the, the documentation, save it to your computer, then you have mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. But I, I get poked all the time. I'm like, whatever. I don't care. But They should keep it all together. It just depends because if you're changing assignment or changing agencies, mm-hmm. it makes it a little more complicated. But yeah, yeah just exactly. Keep everything organized. I have a folder on my computer that's just all my travel nursing documentation. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's yeah, yeah. <laughs> but in that, that's the time that you have to really grind and like that you have to grind to get your nursing license and check all those boxes mm-hmm. off, and then in between accepting a contract, getting all all of that uh, all the requirements done, but. Sometimes like if like for me, I was supposed to start on January 3rd for my assignment, but I knew that it was going to be tight because I was traveling for the holidays and everything. And and then I ended up getting COVID. So I had to delay my start date anyway. So it worked out. So I just started a week later on the 10th and they were like, whatever, 
you know, yeah. whenever you get it done, it's no big They're deal. Usually pretty chill. Um, usually, usually depends on the hospital, but most of them are are and some and you have to be used to like places not responding to you, people being really slow, and doing everyone else's job for them. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. It's worth it. Just be <laughs> organized. Just be organized. Yeah. Yeah. Um, test your people if you have to. Like mm-hmm. sometimes I'll text people every day. Like I'll copy and paste the same message and I'm just like, hey, why aren't you – give me my schedule. Like answer me, you know? Yeah. Like I am important. I'm doing you a favor for being here. Yeah. You're welcome. You're welcome. Um, And then I think one of like the last – question well I guess we have maybe two more but um how long can you stay in one area Mm -hmm. that's a pretty quick answer is you don't want to stay in one area longer than a year because then you're considered a local traveler and then your entire um stipend gets taxed and everything like it just changes all of your tax rules and a lot of times they don't really want local travelers, like I said before. So, um, just be wary of that. Like I was in Connecticut for a while because that's where I met my fiance. And then I had to go up to Boston to kind of like reset that year. Um, and then, um, was able to go back for a little bit longer, but you just want to be really cognizant of how long you're in a place. Right. And, um, oh man, I had another point coming off that. Oh, after you leave that area, it's not like like if I'm at one hospital in Philly and I, I can't stay at that hospital for a year and then go to another hospital Correct. in Philly, it has to be 50 miles away from that hospital. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Yep, that's a good point too. Um, and yeah. then if you have had a year there, I think you have to take a certain amount of time between like uh, in another place for a while before you're able to go back. Um, I'm not sure, entirely sure what the timing is on that. Your recruiter will know how long you have to be out of that state um, in order for it to reset. Because I think yeah. it it still counts. Like it's like a calendar year or something. Right. I don't know how I to saw someone, it. I saw someone explaining it on a Facebook page and they said a good rule of thumb was the amount of time you spent somewhere to, to spend away. Yeah, that's is that, yeah, I would say that that's a really good rule of thumb. Um, and then, yeah, that's really much all I have to say on that topic. And then our last other question was like, just about benefits. Typically every agency has benefits that come along with it. Either it's going to, they're going to start at 30 days after you start, or they're going to start immediately. Um, you can either find your own private insurance or you can take your benefits through your agency. That's pretty much what it boils down to. It's your preference. Um, some so pros with taking private is the consistency of health insurance. Like you don't have to worry about switching agencies and switching benefits and, oh my gosh, I'm taking a month off in between my contracts and I won't be covered and I'm going skiing and God forbid I get in an accident. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one really nice thing about taking private. I know a lot of travel nurses that do that and love it because they don't have to worry about it. Um, but on the flip side, it is more expensive and your coverage generally is not as good. Mm-hmm. And my from my research of do, of um, private insurance, mm-hmm. um, taking insurance through your agency, they do contribute money to it. So mm-hmm. you're getting a better medical plan most of the time. Yeah. But yeah, then you have that risk of like it lapsing. Um, so eh, pros and cons. I mean, you have to just weigh out what works better for you and what totally. your needs are. Right. Like if you – like my – best friend that I traveled with had a lot more health issues than me. So she needed to make sure she had adequate coverage. Um, that was so also wasn't super expensive for her. So she always took the insurance through the agency because the, the insurance she would need if she went privately would be insane. Mm-hmm. So just, and she didn't really want to change around agencies because then it would have to change her insurance, potentially changing her specialists. So it's just kind of what's based, what's the best situation for you. I had another friend that had to do the same um, years ago when she was traveling. She just stayed with the same agency because she had specialists. So just be, be again, be cognizant of that factor too, of your medical needs. Um, yep. It's pretty important. Yeah. 
And then for 401ks, I mean, I just had someone ask me, do you usually take that? And I think we, yeah. we touched on it a little bit in the last episode, but I mean, I think like why 100% not? take it. 100% and put as much the, as you can into it. Oh, yeah. As much that's as you the can. benefit of travel nursing is like you're making Same. so much money. It's really important to try and save it. Um, yes. I well, probably wasn't the best at that. I mean, I saved a good amount of money when I was traveling before, but like I could have saved a lot more. Yeah, be aggressive. I mean, if you're noticing that money is piling up in your checking account because you're making you're you have such a good you know right. pay package and everything, mm-hmm. and and you don't need all of that, increase your 401k percentage. I mean, yeah. save while you can. It's and invest it. I mean, there's absolutely nothing better. I mean, I saved so much money. I saved so much money in my three years of travel nursing, and my rates were not nearly as good as they are now. Yeah. Um, my best paying package was in Phoenix until now. Um, and that was about 4000 a week at the time, which was insane. I could not even believe the money that I was making. Oh, I'm going to cry. Yeah. It was insane. And I did that for three months. And I put 50% of my hourly rate into my 401k. So 50% of my taxed paycheck was going, was going directly into my savings. I still had my stipend. I still had all that tax-free money, and I still was able to do everything that I wanted to. Um, but it's out of sight, out of mind. I, if you don't see that money going mm-hmm. in, then you don't even it's, – it's being saved, and you're going to thank yourself later. Still, I making, mean, still making great money, and you're going to – yeah. Yeah. You don't need to spend it all, and you shouldn't. Um, I mean, yeah, travel and save and retire early. I mean – Yeah. It's yep. really – Oh my God, I'm going to cry. Um, <laughs> thinking about, <laughs> I love my job, thinking about how much I make, yeah, how much I could be making. Yeah. Um, I fine. know. It's fine. Um, it's it's hard when you, I mean, not that I didn't like the hospital I was at. I liked it, but I wasn't like, oh my God, I, I don't want to leave. It was like, mm-hmm. I was over it, you know, but it's when you really like where you work. Yeah, That's a and hard thing. And it's, it was hard for me to stop traveling, but, mm-hmm. you know, Dan and I moved to Denver and we really wanted that stability. Cause like it does, you know, you're moving around constantly. You don't have a home base. You don't like, you can't really make a home somewhere. And we were really ready to do that. And, and now I'm, now we have a home base and it looks like I can travel locally and still make a lot of money. So I'm really, yeah, you just have to, it's everybody's life is different. Your path is different, but, um, just yeah. do it. <laughs> yeah. There is there's a way that for ev- almost everybody to do it. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to look as extravagant and insane as the way that Emily and I did it the first time around. You know, you don't have to pack up your entire life and go to California or go to Colorado or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. You can travel local and make it work with families. I mean, I know multiple people that have children that make it work. Um, we could even have someone like that on the podcast to talk about it. Um, yeah. You know? Because I think, yeah, I think not everybody's as flexible as we were when we were 24. Yeah. And now, yeah, I'm almost 30. We have a dog, um, which is – you can still travel with a dog. But, you know, Dan has a Carter. dog that is based in Colorado. And we, you know, we want to be – we want to be here. We own a house. Like, it's just it's different. Yeah. Different. We have our life here. Um, and we love it. But – doing a local contract is very, very plausible. So mm-hmm. yeah. Make that money, honey. I know your girl is stressing about this wedding. So I need to go make some more money. Yes. <laughs> Dang, well, we could talk about travel nursing forever. I knew this was going to happen. I know. I know. It, this, this seems like a good place to end this one too. Um, we'll definitely yeah. sprinkle out, sprinkle more info pretty much into all of our episodes. Um, just because it's what we love and um, have a passion for helping other people get started on it too. Cause we, we both think it's really, really important and it gives you such an amazing perspective on different ways to work, different people. Like, you know, the NICU itself is so different in each hospital, like in each part of the country, it's mm-hmm. leaps and bounds different. Like they just do different, um, 
different like medications for things or they have different approaches to managing certain diagnoses. And it's super interesting to learn about it all and kind of bring it all back, uh, bring it all together and like take your experiences to another place and be like, hey, this worked really well there. Like maybe we should try it here. I don't know. I'm rambling, but you know, it's yeah. really important. It's really eye-opening. You become such a well-rounded nurse. Mm -hmm. I think it just, yeah, it opens your perspective, like your mind and your perspective so much. I think when I worked at one place and I just had my basic two years of training, it was like, I very much assumed that it was the right way to do things and kind of learn that there's no one way. There's, there's so many different ways and yeah, it, it makes you better. I agree. But one of the hard things is uh, – I'm going on a ramble now, but <laughs> one of the hard things <laughs> is like you want to share like your knowledge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I find it's hard to do that because I think, you know, when you're a traveler, like you have to do things the way that they do it. Like even yeah. – it's funny. Um, you know, this is so random, but like do you know how most NICUs use like the posies on the pulse oxes? Yeah. Like, I like that. I, I learned that traveling because at the hospital in Pittsburgh, they don't. Um, so I started doing it. And every time I come back, they're off the foot, um, which is hilarious so to me. It's so funny. It's just so funny. They're like very res- – people are resistant to change sometimes. Yeah. But I think when you travel and you have the experience, like you don't freak out about things that are like Yeah, you do not sweat you know? the small stuff. Yeah. Um, and another tip is to just like – be a little wary of like sharing your opinions um, because those nurses are so resistant to change and they are so um, like protective over the way that they do things. So if you like share something a little bit too aggressively or be like, well, we do it this way, wherever I'm from, like, you know, just kind of like toss it in like, oh, that's really interesting. Like I've done it this way or I've done it that way. Like, sure. But yeah, just be, um, like read the room, I think, yeah. when you're sharing your opinions. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think that's that's about all we have to say 50, 52 minutes later. I'm sure we'll cut a lot. Yeah, I think we, we have so. some good stuff to share. So Yeah. And again, um, email us if you have any more specific questions or um, anything else that you'd love us to talk about. It um, doesn't have to be nursing related. It could be really anything that you'd like to hear us chat about. Um, you can email us at drunkordelirious at gmail.com. Yep. And we're so looking forward to just continuing this podcast and sharing all of our, it's, it's funny because podcasting is like really, um, egocentric or like, you know, like, let me talk to you. We we struggle. So bear with us. I think we'll get better with time, but, um, thanks for listening. Yeah. Thanks for living. Talk to you soon. Bye. I feel like we got some good stuff in there. Maybe. This podcast is produced by Emily Richardson and Hannah Quirk. The intro music is by Dan Lemire. Please help us out and rate, review, and subscribe. You can find us on Instagram at drunkordelirious or send us an email at drunkordelirious at gmail.com.